Welcome to the Best Kept Secret videocast and podcast from Centricity. If you're a B2B service professional, use our five-step process to go from the grind of chasing every sale to keeping your pipeline full with prospects knocking on your door to buy from you. We give you the freedom of time and a life outside of your business. Each episode features an executive from a B2B services company sharing their provocative perspective on an opportunity that many of their clients are missing out on. It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley. I'm Jay Kingley, co-founder and CEO of Centricity. Welcome to our show where our guests share their provocative perspective on what their target market is missing out on. I am happy to welcome to the show, Jeff Kruken, principal and co-founder of Earth Space Commerce Advisors. Jeff provides strategic guidance, market research, along with business and partner development services, so companies can profit from opportunities in the commercial space supply chain. Jeff is based in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Jay, thanks very much. I'm delighted to be here. You know, I mean, I love talking about business opportunities, commercial space industry. But another thing that I really appreciate is the conversations that you and I have had leading up to this. I mean, that's really been not only beneficial, but really increased my looking forward to doing this. So thank you very much. You are welcome, Jeff. Uh, In my conversations with you, it takes me back to being a young boy in elementary school. And I will never forget the day that they rolled in this massive old black and white TV and they turned it on so that we could all watch Neil Armstrong touched down and walk the moon. A day that is seared into my memory, as I think it was for all the kids who got a chance to experience that. And I had all the posters and the pictures all over my bedroom wall because everybody was just taken with the idea of space. Now, that's more years ago than I'm going to publicly uh, confess to. But my, how things have changed. It has gone from 100% government focus, which was NASA on the uh, public side, and of course, our military on that side. No one else need to apply. And in very relatively recent times, you have had all these commercial enterprises now serving and offering services that deal with space. And I'm thinking of people like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, and others that I think are probably on the drawing board and are still, you know, going to come out and enter this market. Now, those are always the headline companies, but they need partnerships and suppliers probably in the thousands to come together and deliver what is a burgeoning commercial space market. So I don't want to talk about the three guys that are always in the news. I want to talk about the opportunity for everybody else out there to start to get into this commercial space sector. And Jeff is someone who really has spent your entire adult life, but I'm I'm guessing you really started as a kid. Just like so many of us, I want you to give us a sense of what is the opportunity? What's going on if 
you're a commercial company and you're wondering, is this an opportunity that's worth pursuing? Well, it absolutely is. I mean, you're right to mention the three gentlemen that you did and, and their companies, which are certainly the best known outside the space industry. But what is less well known is the hundreds of companies, not just in the United States, but this is a global market. This is startups as well as more established companies. It's not necessarily the easiest thing to crack into if you're not familiar with the market. And I'm talking with executives at, at companies that sort of kind of understand the changes you just described, Jay, I'm really encountering two areas of difficulty for those companies. They have no idea that the products they manufacture are needed by these commercial space companies, or, or they do have an idea because they've been selling to NASA and they've been selling to the Defense Department, but they've completely failed to crack into the commercial markets. So they're frustrated. They don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. And that's not all that unusual. Well, Jeff, why is it so hard? What, what are the underlying factors that are stopping all these commercial companies that have never really served the commercial space industry, or even those perhaps that have been active on the, the military side or, or other parts of the government like NASA? But going from there to the commercial world isn't a walk in the park. Why is this so hard for them? I would say there's three likely causes, three likely reasons that, that this is happening. I mean, the first, these companies don't have the necessary industry knowledge to, to really understand that there are companies, commercial companies in the space industry that need and want your products. So that's one huge issue that I see. A second one is that... Going back to an earlier comment I made, where there are companies that have, in fact, been selling to NASA or other government agencies. And so those companies have spent years developing a business model and a price structure. They've established internal practices and processes and hired people to sell to the U.S. government. And they've been successful at that. However, that has zero relevance to commercial markets. It's completely different. And so that's a second huge problem that I see. And the last one is really also a big one is, you know, going back to your comment, if you've grown up in the era of the Apollo program or the space shuttle program, it's NASA, NASA, NASA. And so you, you've been aware of space exploration, but you think of it as something that's that's out there, right? It's far away. It's got nothing to do with with, with your markets on Earth completely missing that a lot of the business that is happening now is companies that are doing things in space, but directly related to solving problems on Earth. I think there's a, a, a complementary piece to that. You know, when NASA was in its heyday, there was a lot of political pressure to justify to the public the benefits of all this enormous investment of our space program. So, uh, and I'm going to date myself, date some of you in the audience. How many of you guys remember Tang? Oh my gosh, right? That orange powder that you put into your drink that came from the space program. But my, my point is that it was really a focus on look at the benefits that come from the space program out to benefit the public and not how can businesses benefit 
directly by serving uh, the space program, particularly now with the advent and explosion commercial space. When you think about the opportunity and you think about what the real underlying issues are, what's the game plan that a company should be putting together in order to crack this market? Basically, it doesn't matter if you're coming into this having never sold into the commercial or government space industry, or if you've sold to the government space industry, but have never sold pure play commercial markets. And so, you know, the first thing you need to do, and, and nothing I'm going to say is unique to the space industry. This is this is business 101. You've got to identify where both the current and near-term, mid-term demand is for your products in the various commercial space industry market sectors. And there are multiple sectors that are different. You need to pinpoint and prioritize your target customers within each of those sectors. And by prioritize, I mean, you know, who has a need and is ready to buy within the next six to 12 months versus who's not going to need your product for maybe 12 to 24 months, right? Third, you've got to analyze your competition and determine how to beat them because you're not the only one that manufactures what you manufacture. And fourth, you have to develop not just a market access strategy, but it has to be executable. There's got to be tactical steps that you execute that fit the strategy that you've put together that fits the commercial space industry market sectors. So what I'm, I'm hearing you say, which I think is very interesting, is that the steps that you need to take should be familiar to any business executive. But what's different is this is a very different type of a market. And it's not a market that a lot of people have experienced, let alone expertise, at figuring out where the opportunities are, where are the places that you better be careful or, you know, because you can get blown up. And so I think it's that intersection of it's the normal way you would think about entering a new market, but you've got to have market intelligence and understanding of the lay of the land, which is not widely known. Is that a fair characterization, Jeff? No, it absolutely is. And, and, and that's an excellent point, Jay. As a business, and you're responsible for running your business and earning revenue and making a profit, you're already doing those kinds of activities that I mentioned. But maybe you're a little scared or hesitant because, again, you're just like, I, I don't know a thing about the commercial space industry. I just know about NASA. And you're just not sure how to relate it. I understand that's a dilemma. But it's a it's a solvable uh, problem. So let's assume that we we take the outline that you've given us. We implement that uh, relative to the commercial uh, space industry and the specific nuances and local knowledge that's required. So I've done that. What's the payoff? So let's start with talking about the opportunity for businesses to get into the commercial space market. As I mentioned, there are a variety of, of sectors in the commercial space industry. And so broadly speaking, you've got the launch business like Elon Musk's SpaceX, Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, for example. The bigger market that maybe is not as well known is on the satellite side of the business. Our entire economy depends greatly on satellites. When you go to an ATM machine, that transaction is going to be processed 
outside of that machine because of satellites. But those are the larger, more expensive satellites, the weather satellites, GPS. I'm not talking about that. What I'm referring to is what are referred to as small sats, small satellites, CubeSats, because they're shaped like a cube, that are going just a couple hundred miles up, not thousands of miles of up. And that's where the commercial growth is. And let me just throw, let me just throw one number out here. Now, this comes from a, there's a number of companies that are assessing the marketplace. So just to talk about the global market over two decades for small satellites that are going to be manufactured and launched, in the time frame from 2011 to 2020, there were 2,962 satellites, small satellites launched. In the 2021 to 2030 time frame, that number will be over 14,000. That is a growth rate of 370% over that period of time. And interestingly enough, 78% of that growth market is commercial. So there is still a government market, but it's the commercial market that is expanding rapidly. Now, if you're a CEO of a business, one of your uh, objectives is going to be increasing the value of your company. A big part of that, of course, is driven by profitable uh, revenue growth. What I think sometimes people don't appreciate is, on average, you know, you're going to grow with the economy almost by definition, because that's what average means. And you're talking about 2%, 25 3% is rip roaring. You're talking about, you know, 20 times, uh, if not more, that kind of growth rate. So if I'm that CEO and I'm trying to identify areas of explosive growth, tell me why I want to get in to space. Why, why, you know, what's in it for me as that executive? So it's interesting that you talked about the law of averages. You know, if the economy grows on average two to three percent, okay, theoretically every company will. Of course, that's not the case. But I got to imagine if you're the CEO or another executive in the C-suite, you know, your compensation plan, your performance plan is probably not based on average growth. And certainly that bonus structure, I would think, the board of directors did not decide to reward you tremendously for average growth. You know that there's, or, or maybe you don't, but there are these markets out there. You're anxious about flat revenue growth, given what we've experienced the last couple of years due to COVID and the economic problems that that's caused and maybe worried about how that's going to reflect on you, you know, get toward the end of the year. You know, you know that there's a risk looking at the challenge of opening new markets that, that maybe nobody else at your company understands. There's still an opportunity to grow the bottom line because you go after these new markets with such growth potential. I, I mean, imagine how personally rewarding that would feel and how financially rewarding that could be as well. I think you've made a, a quite a compelling case for the opportunity. How you have to think about putting a game plan data to go after it, why it's worthwhile both at the business and personal level to lead that charge. All right. So now let's talk about implementation. What steps does a C-suite executive take in order to make this transition and get into this market with such enormous opportunity? I would say there's five steps. And, you know, again, this is not specific to the space industry and the markets in the commercial space industry. As you said before, Jay, your company should already be doing all of these things. But the first step is you've got to develop a broad 
and deep understanding. And both are important because this industry, these markets keep evolving and growing, right? So you got to develop a broad, deep understanding of those various commercial space market sectors and how they differ from the traditional U.S. government space market sectors. Second, identify those specific market sectors that fit your company's core competencies and the products that are in your portfolio. So you can move quickly with what you already know to do, know how to do, and what you already have. Right? Number three, then select specific companies that would be your sales targets and do your research. Understand when they would be ready to buy from you. As I said earlier, there's current near-term, mid-term opportunities that stretch out from months to years. Uh, fourth, research your competitors. Understand the products that you want to sell and be able to compare to the products that your competitor would want to sell. Understand strengths and weaknesses compared to your products and your competitor's products. So you know what your edge is when you start that sales process. And lastly, then of course, identify contact and establish relationships with the decision makers at those target companies that you've identified. I think so many of us, the majority of us, are well aware of the space program. We're aware of what NASA's doing from time to time. We become aware of what our military is doing. And we have seen SpaceX and Blue Origin on TV, on front page of our newspapers, but we're experiencing it as a member of the public, as, as almost in our private lives. And what you're pointing out is the tremendous opportunity that exists on the business side. And there aren't many sectors of the economy that have this kind of growth potential. It's a trite thing to say, but it looks to be almost unlimited for as far as we can see into the future. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to learn a bit about Jeff. Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead conversation and client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow up, and spam decision makers? Well, Centricity's Category 1 program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn or any other social media, or even spending money on ads, but it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more. Welcome back. We're talking to Jeff Kruken, principal and co-founder of Earth Space Commerce Advisors. Let's find out a bit more about you. Let's start with the pain points that you solve for the clients that you work with. I've been part of this community, this commercial space industry since the late 1980s when the first space startups started to appear. So as you can imagine, got a lot of industry relationships. I bring that, I bring market intelligence, 
research talents, business development and communication talents basically be needed to identify and contact and sell into those various commercial space market sectors. Given the magnitude of the opportunity and the need to bring together very traditional, well-understood business processes and strategic analysis, but you must have that inside knowledge and lay of the land of the commercial space industry. And I, I would think as a company looking for help in this space, you better get it right into in terms of who you're going to work with. Because there's a, anytime there's you know big opportunities, everybody wants to say, hey, I'm the expert, use me, when we know it's only a very few people that truly have what it takes to make a material difference. So Jeff, I'm gonna ask you directly, what is it that makes you great at what you do? Well, I'm obviously very personable, but uh, beyond that, you know, I like to say I'm bilingual. I speak fluent business and fluent technology, uh, whether I'm in the C-suite or talking with engineering teams. So, so that's number one. I know how to ask penetrating questions and the answers to those questions are what lead to buying opportunities. And the last thing I'll say, and I learned this from a CEO at a company I worked at in the, in the 1990s. He would say this at the end of every company sales meeting. We all have one mouth and two ears. Use them proportionally. And that goes back to what I was saying about asking questions, listen to the answers that will help you know what the next round of questions is and you find and close buying opportunities because of that. I encourage our listeners to go to your LinkedIn profile, Jeff, and check out the extensive experience and history that you have in this sector. But I have a little bit of a different question for you. I would like to understand what happened in your life that would most explain why you do what you do today. You know, I, I can really relate to you when you described, you know, sitting in class and they would bring in that big black and white TV on a television cart for the Apollo launches and splashdowns. I imagine some listeners are wondering what a black and white TV is. For, for me, it started even earlier. I, you know, when I was, I don't know, nine or 10 years old, when I was a child, you know, after our family dinner, I would go out in the backyard at night and just, just lay on the grass and gaze at the moon just so wanting to be there. Now, at that age, I didn't understand that. All I knew is I was drawn to that. I was compelled to do that. I think that's a mark of an entrepreneur. You are compelled and drawn to do things that don't necessarily have rational answers. But that's, that's, that was the beginning of a very long journey. But that's why I've got this, this absolute passion in my heart for the human settlement and exploration development of space and, and the business opportunities. That's the fire in my soul. And that's the impetus for the journey that's been a very wide ranging professional space career that's taken many forms that began as an IBM systems engineer at Johnson Space Center during the space shuttle era. When, when I learned, by the way, that that was not the same NASA that took us to the moon. And I grew so disenchanted that I needed to find some other way to be a part of it. And that's when I started to meet people and learn about there's entrepreneurs, business related to all of this human activity in space. And that's how it started for me in ways I did not understand at the time. Given the tremendous opportunity that exists in the commercial space sector, along with the need to understand 
how exactly this particular sector works. I am sure we have a lot of listeners that are going to reach out to you and continue the conversation that we started today. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Ideally, you know, I, I live on LinkedIn. And so I would prefer uh, to be contacted through my LinkedIn profile, send a message, or, you know, you can send an invitation to connect. But please, if you send a message or, or an invitation, write a message telling me that, you know, you heard about me on the Best Kept Secrets show. So I know why you're contacting me. I do not respond to generic LinkedIn invitations. So that's my preferred method of contact because then I can quickly understand who you are, what you do based on your LinkedIn profile. That starts the, the, the discovery process for the two of us before the first conversation. I'll put Jeff's uh, contact info, including his LinkedIn address, into the show notes in as an insert to the video. Make it super easy for people to reach out to you, Jeff. Now, I want to uh, thank you. Uh, you were great. Uh, there isn't a lot or nearly enough attention, I think, that's being paid to the tremendous opportunities that exist in the commercial space industry. And what is it that a company that is not playing in that sector, what do you have to do to get in there and get a piece of that ever-growing pie? Jeff, you really opened, I think, a lot of eyes, but at the same time, gave us confidence that there is a pathway forward. And I know that anyone else who does a show like mine is whispering into my ear and saying, okay, Jay, end it, end it, come on, bring it to a close. There's nothing more that you can gain by continuing. And I say, I spit on you from a great height because I think I can do more. I think I can get a little bit more out of you, Jeff. And here's what I am going to want. I want you to offer our listeners a gift, something that they would find valuable for giving you their valuable time and attention. Because one thing I've learned from the space program is you think big or you're not going anywhere. Jeff, what can you do? Yeah, this is definitely one of those go big or stay home moments, right? So no, I'll, okay, good thought. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, for, for, for folks that reach out to me, uh, and again, tell me that you heard me on Best Kept Secrets podcast, and I will gladly have a 30-minute consultation with you. Jeff, I want to thank you for your generous offer. I want to say to our audience, given the enormous commercial opportunity here, you would be insane not to take up Jeff on his offer. Get a lay of the land, understand the best way to approach that and then figure out a way to go forward. So Jeff, thank you for everything you have done on the show. To my audience, let's continue to crush it until next time. 